Good evening. Guten Tag. Dia Ditch. Kajay. 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 Welcome into the Irish NFL show, Monday Night Football Special. Uh, welcome into the boys. I'm loving the shirt, Mark. How are we doing? I, I thought I'd, you know, just give you a bit of a Broncos feel, Michael. I thought you might like it. I thought you might like it. <laughs> yeah, or Syracuse, or Syracuse, one or the other. Uh, te- Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah, it could go in a lot of different directions. The Dutch national football team, whichever you want. Happy days. Happy 1970s days. rugby jersey. I was going to say, Mark or Brian, what, what time is the rugby on up today? I was going to say, but then I, say I, did, I thought I'm not going to do it. There's no point in asking me that question any weekend when it's rugby on. Michael, I wouldn't have a clue. I know, I know. It's all good. Uh, you're playing the water polo, going by that t-shirt. Anyway, let's stop slagging each other's clothes. It's all good crack. Uh, w- welcome into everybody watching. Week 11. That's usually reserved for me. <laughs> well, we'll come to that in a minute. Week 11. <laughs> Week 11 in the books. Um, before we start, Irish NFL show presented by Team Matchbook, Betting Exchange, uh, Trust Gaming. And just a reminder, we've got a special show at 9 o'clock on Wednesday night. It's our biggest show since our Super Bowl show uh, last February. I'm not putting that lightly. Very excited for it. But let's very quickly touch upon the Chicago Bears, for a column, uh, a top-class organization. You still haven't told us about the food yesterday. But uh, an interesting day in Chicago. Andy Dalton, the other guy for Baltimore. Uh, yeah, it was a story of the, the backup QBs. Uh, in terms of the food, Michael, it would be great if I wasn't celiac. There was loads of food, uh, both for for breakfast and for lunch. Uh, nothing I could do. But in fairness to the, the Bears, would have to say absolutely top-class organization, one of the storied franchises in the league, and you can see why every single person at Soldier Field could not have been more welcoming and uh, nicer and just really from top to bottom have to say uh, kudos to them and thanks very much for being such wonderful hosts for the hospitality and for facilitating us and uh, I can say I I don't know if uh, I will have a, a better location to watch red zone uh from i mean hopefully we'll be uh in la in february but obviously red zone won't be on at that point but that was a, a nice bonus let's let's say uh so yeah great day in chicago and again kudos and thanks to the bears for that what i picked up on that one yesterday colin was uh, do you remember last week d orlando mentioned that he couldn't get over the media area at totten in comparison to the media area at the games across in the states and that was that was evident, I suppose, in a way where you were located. It looked like a great view, I'll just say. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, it, like, it be, it had to be an enclosed press box, given the temperature and the wind at uh, at Soldier Field yesterday. In the fourth quarter, you couldn't hear the refs over the, the wind when they were trying to um, outline the calls. And... So it has to be an enclosed press box, but it does mean that you are a little bit more removed from the fans, the just the whole the whole experience. I mean, you could get a sense of how loud Soldier Field was on third downs, but the fact that you're so close at Spurs, I think, lent itself to it definitely. 
Did you uh, get a sense of how quiet Soldier Field can be as well, Colin? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, in fairness, I mean, talk about having the the uh, the air sucked out of the stadium right right at the, the death. Uh, I can tell you, talking to a few Ravens fans afterwards, they said themselves that they, uh, they felt that they were delighted to steal a win, given all of the injuries they had. And John Harbaugh in that post-game press conference was absolutely buzzing because Lamar Jackson had traveled down they hoped that he was going to start and it was only when Huntley was on his way to the team bus that he found out that uh, he would be starting so they were certainly delighted Bears fans leave disappointed again Colin a uh, quick one I, I know we're not going to get too much into the game itself but did any Chicago media person anybody dare say to you yesterday why didn't that Bears player or the receiver not take a knee go out of bounds let them run the clock instead of taking the touchdown no, I think they were they were just pleased to to get the points. And in fairness to them, their their defense the the defense in the third quarter was absolutely outstanding. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out at the end. And I mean, again, the the the, the Ravens had gotten hit badly by a penalty and came up with a big play ultimately. But no, every, everyone, I think at the time, like the plays went bananas when they got the the touchdown, and they thought they'd feed off the energy. Brian, Brian, I'm shaking my head because the math doesn't work, but we can do that later on. He had to score the touchdown. It doesn't matter. We'll 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 move on. We'll move on. Let's uh, let's get our guest. In. Let's let's meet meet our guest, and then we'll recap the games after, and, and obviously get our picks for Monday Night Football. Can't wait to hear Brian's pick this week. But uh, first off, we're delighted to welcome in Cameron Hogwood from Sky Sports uh, NFL. Cameron, uh, first off, a warm welcome to the show. It's good to have you on, especially the, the night in which it is. Uh, your Giants going up against the Bucks on Monday Night Football. Good evening, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. I kind of you guys doing awesome jobs. It's a it's a real pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you coming on, Cameron. And look, I want to apologise to you and, and also uh, Mark and Brian. I know I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, son. So apologies, boys, for having the show on at the same time. And that's a complete joke. It's all good. Welcome. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure if it's a, a good thing that I've come on before a Giants game or not. We'll find out. <laughs> well, on that, Cameron, I suppose your your thoughts on the the Giants season uh, thus far. Obviously, you know, we talked about it. We've got Brian. It was going to be a big season in terms of Joe Judge and Danny Dimes. Your thoughts uh, up to up to week 11 before we delve further into the tonight's game? It started so positively, I think, coming into the season before a before a ball was thrown, as I'm sure most Giants fans were will agree with. And look, I was I was a big Joe Judge guy coming into the season. I think I was probably sucked in by the we're gonna punch in the nose for, for 60 minutes kind of chat. And I I liked everything I heard from him. And maybe maybe that aggression hasn't been backed up by aggressive decisions on the field. It's possibly been the most disappointing thing. Uh Daniel Jones is we we've probably seen as good a Daniel Jones as we've seen in uh, games this year uh, since he kind of came into the league, especially that Monday night football against the Chiefs. I thought that was maybe the best I've seen him play. Didn't get a result in the end, but look, it's been, been kind of everything we've come to be used for, from the Giants for the past few years. Inconsistent, just injuries every week. And that offensive line, unfortunately, is an issue that hasn't gone away in a long time. And no matter how much money we, we've thrown at it or draft picks, maybe not enough draft picks, if we're looking kind of at that Saquon Barkley pick that pro probably should have been an offensive lineman. 
it's just kind of the same old that uh, which is which is where the frustrations come from i think it's just we're, we're so used to what's happened with this team and to see it continuing to happen is is a bit demoralizing at this point i think cameron um daniel jones like people question whether he's good enough and right now i don't know any giants fan can genuinely say yes or no to whether he is the the long-term solution thankfully tonight in particular it looks like we're finally going to have probably large majority of the players in which we expect them to be playing with this season just being confirmed that Andrew Thomas is going to play tonight, which is a huge help because he's having a great season this second season until he got injured. But Barkley's back tonight. They say he's 100%. Galladay's 100%. Tony's 100%. You know, we, sh we should be seeing the offense that we were hoping to see, albeit we're going up against a, a difficult team in the books in terms of their defense. But we should be seeing what we expect. We'd like to think we're going to see something positive tonight in terms of the offense for once. Yeah, I mean, this, this is what we're kind of waiting for. And Daniel Jones is waiting for all his guys fit and ready to go. They say they're fit, whether we believe they're 100% or not, who knows. But especially Andrew Thomas, I feel a lot better about the game after that news and him being back. Because I think he's one of few players I wouldn't trade on this team. I think he is one of our upper echelon players. He he didn't concede. I don't think he's conceded a sack all year. I know he's been injured. But he, he was kind of quietly outstanding before his injury. And Kenny Golladay, I mean, we still haven't seen the best of him. He was our marquee signing, and he's been targeted in the red zone once, which to me is astonishing. I know this Giants red zone offense isn't great. It's not very creative, but for that to happen, that's what we brought him in for, and I hope we see more of that tonight. And what we've said all season, the onus is very much on Jason Garrett to, to make this work. He's got all these weapons now. Dave Gettleman, as much as we like to, to slate him and what he's done with the Giants, He's kind of brought all these guys in and I know injuries haven't helped, but tonight is a good opportunity against a Bucks side that if you want to play them, I'm not sure whether this is a good time or a bad time to play them after after that last, after two defeats in a row, but we don't get many opportunities to see these guys play together and this is, this is a really good chance for Daniel Jones. Sorry, oh. Mark, before you come in, it's funny you say that because George was asked a question last week. Um, is this a bad time to play them? They've lost two games in a row. And he said, well, if they put up 50 points on each of those last two games, you'd be saying, this is a bad time. There's no good time to play this team. Yeah. Not, can I yeah. can I just say, can I just say, I usually used to listening to the violins from two Broncos fans. Now I've got to get the violins out for two Giants <laughs> fans. Oh, we've had a few injuries. There are 31 teams who crave the type of talent the Giants have on the roster. Your top five receivers this year, either first round picks, second round picks, or Kenny Golladay, who's proved himself to be pretty decent. Oh, yeah, he was a second-round pick as well. You know, you've got the talent there. You've got more first-round picks on your roster than any other team in the NFL. Like, that's a fact. You, I think you've got 13 first-rounders on the roster. So, Cameron, look, I, I'm used to dealing with an irrational Giants fan who still thinks they're winning the Super Bowl somehow. <laughs> I'm hoping you're more rational. But I just want to give you a quick thing, because I hear all the time, there's excuses for Daniel Jones, there's excuses for Joe Judge, there's excuses for Dave Gettleman. But you're still, are you three and six or three and seven? I can't remember. How bad is it? Three and six? Three and six. Three and, three and six. six. Okay. You've got the worst record over the last five years, along with the Jets, you know, like that fact. So, snog, marry, kill. Jones, Gettleman, and Joe Judge. I'm not picking you put, put me on You're picking. You tell, you tell okay. us who's to blame. Who's to blame for the failure? Who you killed? It's a tough one. I mean, look, uh, we may, we do make excuses for Daniel Jones, but we would be giving him so much more credit if he wasn't for the fumbles, if he wasn't for the turnovers. So there's no taking it away. And I don't want to kind of 
excuse Daniel Jones of blame because he deserves it. I mean, all the injuries, it would look a lot better if he, he wasn't turning the ball over so much. So, look, I, I think they're all to blame. I think they're all to blame. It, it's very much a group effort. Yeah, we don't want to come back to the injury excuse all the time because these are professional football players and they're the best of the best in the NFL and it's up to a team to, to make that work and the coaches. It's just nothing's clicked and... Yeah, between Joe Judge kind of letting the clock run down for 35 seconds and burning the timeout, Jason Garrett calling kind of hitch route after hitch route after hitch route with, with no separation, and Daniel Jones fumbling the ball every week, which is a problem he looked like he was getting over and maybe still hasn't yet. So I, I could only say that it's, it's everyone's everyone to blame, and it's, yeah, a, t- a, team, a team effort in that regard. <laughs> I have to say that was the first time we've ever had a snog Barry kill question. Thanks, Mark, for that. You're 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 going to scare any guests. I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to go away from the Giants talk here. Everyone's going to be glad to hear for a split second. Cameron, obviously, you've been very active in social media, especially around Sky Sports over, uh, I guess, the last year or so. But you know, you're talking to guys there like Austin Eckler over the last few months. He spoke to a number of different players. The names are going from my head. Which was the player that you've enjoyed most speaking to or, or maybe the one that surprised you the most surprise probably a year or two ago i spoke to jakeem grant who uh obviously now of the bears was of the dolphins gets a bit of doesn't get a great time on the dolphins but such a nice guy if you ever get a chance to speak to him kind of spoke we got off track not talking about football start talking about him being an ice skater and a roller skater and kind of doing all those kind of things so jakeem grant was a really cool guy to talk to and uh chase edmonds kind of cardinals running back that was a. Uh, I was up at two o'clock in the morning to do that one, and it was so worth it. He started showing me around his house, talking to his dogs, uh, talking about kind of going, going eating gummy bears at the cinema with his daughter, and yeah, they, they were two good ones. And obviously, in terms of one I remember, Warren Moon was. Even though I I was too too young to watch Warren Moon play, uh, that was uh, that was probably one I was most starstruck at talking to him for for an hour about football, and that was yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I was going to say Warren Moon is definitely more uh, our, our uh, myself, uh, Brian and Mark, I think would have seen him on the, the highlight show on RT2 and Channel 4. But bringing it back to maybe tonight's opponents, Cameron, and uh, looking at the books, obviously all the talk in the offseason was they're bringing everybody back. They're, the, the roster is back. The coaches are back. Continuity. And it all started off so brightly. They they looked, you know, fantastic. Everything was clicking. But, but hit a few speed bumps recently. And, um, you know, we've, we've seen Brady throw um, back-to-back interceptions uh, in a couple of games. Just your thoughts on on this uh, Bucks team. I think... Antonio Brown has maybe been a bigger miss than we all thought he might be come the start of the season. Uh, he's definitely looking like one of Brady's favourite targets, even though we knew he was already. I think he's been a huge miss. And look, I think the Taylor Heineke factor has to be taken into account. He, he was incredible in that defeat the other, other day. I still think, I, I still pick the Bucks as my Super Bowl team. I think they'll, they'll reach the Super Bowl. And I, I described kind of this season as a bit like an NBA season where teams don't want to peak too hard too soon. And we're seeing every single team lose. And that I think that's just just what's happening. I don't I, I wouldn't take anything away from the Bucks in terms of their Super Bowl credentials. I think this defense is still fierce and knows when to turn up. Uh Vita Vey, obviously a bit of an injury concern. He, he's incredible, but we saw him come back from a broken leg last year. So 
he'll be back in no time. And yeah, I, I don't have no concerns about this Bucks team. I expect them to, to still be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Uh, and that guy, Tom Brady, as long as you protect him, I said it all along since he came in, protect him, that offensive line plays like he did last year and he'll kill any team, I think. And look, he knows, he knows those interceptions didn't look great, but that the the sight of him only sticking around for a minute in a press conference scared me a bit thinking, oh God, here, here we go, here he comes. So uh, yeah, I, I have zero concerns about this box team and yeah, it's tons of talent. Cameron, what, what have you made of the season as a whole? I thought it was interesting over the past few weeks. The Chiefs and the Bills were the AFC Championship games in the AFC Championship game last year. Bills have gone through a bit of a wobbly state, wobbly period. The Chiefs seem to have come away from their kind of initial period where they were struggling. It's a very open season, in particular in the AFC, and then the Titans, obviously, yesterday, laying the egg. Where, who do you think ultimately will come out of the AFC, in particular, in the end? I think the Bucks. Like I say, the Bucks will still come out. Uh, look, imagine you were an NFL fan for the first time this season. You couldn't have landed on a better season, I don't think. It's so wide open. I still think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers will, will be competing. A similar situation where they just know when to turn up. They'll win down the stretch, and I don't have any concerns about them. It's just been a been a real delight to watch this season. Every single team, kind of Colt McCoy coming out of nowhere and keeping the Cardinals alive with, with Kyler absent. Uh, we talked about kind of the, the Titans' offense for so long behind Derek Henry, and suddenly he goes, and now the questions are there about can Adrian Peterson kind of uphold his offense? And kind of, I wrote today that the Titans kind of rely so much on that play action. That's kind of lost the explosive play, the, the, the big play now. So so what the, what's going to happen there? And suddenly we're talking about the Titans' defense as their strength, which maybe a year ago we wouldn't have been doing. Just so many different narratives that have come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the Cowboys, I kind of wrote, <laughs> the Cowboys are real deal heading into yesterday and they, they don't get into the end zone. So it's one of those seasons where anything can happen any given Sunday, as they say, as cliche as it is. And uh, Cameron, look, you know, we're looking forward to Monday night football. Um, I'm sure as a Giants fan, you're going to stay up very late or get up very early to watch the game. And, you know, we're all passionate fans and we're all guided by our own teams in relation to it. But, you know, um, Astra Inclinant said non-obligant. You're not limited to just what you might think of from the Giants' perspective. But what are your honest thoughts on the game tonight, your prediction and your score view in relation to it? I think I think we've played played the Bucks hard the last last two times we've met. I think it'll be tight. Uh, I do expect the Bucks to come out on top. I think we'll see an improved Giants again. Andrew Thomas is obviously back. Like we say, we've got our weapons back. There are no excuses not to pose a threat tonight and I'm excited probably the most excited I've been about a Giants game in a while just because like we say everybody's back and it's a chance to kind of almost a free hit against the Bucks at the moment because our season effectively I, don't, I can't imagine us <laughs> scraping a playoff spot so yeah it's just it's a stage of the season now where people like Saquon Barkley are, are proving whether they deserve a contract at the end of this or not and Obviously, injuries haven't helped him, but it is very much a down the stretch look at who maybe keeps their job. So it's, it, it, there's still intrigue there as a Giants fan, and I'm really interested to see kind of who shows up tonight because, like we say, everybody's playing for a job on that team. Let's see what happens. Obviously, the game live in Sky tonight as well. I'm going to try and stay up. I think I think I can see from Brian's face he's already 
preparing himself for a long night in. Uh, look, yeah. Cameron, la- la- last one from me, mate. If, um, you were saying, i seen you on Twitter over the weekend. We have to get you over for this game in, in Dublin next year. We're going to try and pack the Avivas so the NFL have to give us a game. But uh, <laughs> here, two years' time, Notre Dame, the game could be in Sky. Please, God, it's it's an exciting time for, for an NFL fan in the UK, Ireland, or Europe. Yeah, amazing. Like, uh, I've spoke to so many people that are so excited to kind of get over to Ireland. I've never been. I'm desperate to come if I can. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's amazing to see this game grow. I mean, uh, I'm sure you guys know, having been over in London, just what an incredible fortnight that was. Just, there's a bit of a different feel to it. Like, the game came back. We had so much going on. And, yeah, it just feels like a really exciting time. And Germany, fingers crossed, Germany is on the cards in, in the coming years and maybe beyond that as well. Yeah, plenty to look forward to, definitely, Cameron. And hopefully we'll have you back on to discuss, uh, you know, many, many of those uh, games. But we want to thank you for joining us tonight. You can find Cameron on Twitter at CH underscore Sky Sports. Thanks again, Cameron. We look forward to welcoming you to the Irish NFL show at some point in the future. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, anytime. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Cameron. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Great to have Cameron Hogwood on from Sky Sports Check. Just type in Cameron Hogwood on Twitter and call him. Just give the shout out there as well. Mark, you didn't have to scare him away with all these comments about Snog, Mari, Avoider. What was it, Snog? Snog, Mary Kill. What's wrong with that? Jeez. I, someone needs to blame. He wanted to kill all three of them. It's a perfectly legitimate question, perfectly legitimate answer. Was, that was good. No idea. Why wants to marry them all? I just wanted some balance in the discussion. That was all. We definitely could have prepped him for that. So, so thank you, Cameron, for coming on. It was it was good crack, and we'll definitely do it again. And obviously, the game is on Sky Sports tonight. You can check out Cameron's articles on the Sky Sports NFL website as well. And uh, cheers, Cameron. Thank you very much, man, for coming on. Uh, right, we have a lot of games to get through in very little time. Um, all I can think of is, is when I said at the weekend about Willie Beeman. A few teams could have used Willie Beeman yesterday, boys. Uh, let's let's kick it off. Um, the Packers, the Packers, wow, wow, uh, the Green Bay Packers, boys, where do we even start with this? Like seriously, like the Packers get beat by the Vikings, 34 to 31. I could have sworn I said the Packers were going to win by a field goal. It was the opposite to happen. But for me, uh, I'll just start off and I'll let you boys blabber away. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins looks very good. Would I have Kirk Cousins on my roster for my team at the minute? Yes, but the fact that he can throw the ball to those receivers and that team gets 34 points against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, it's a pity they're so far back in that division, but they can make a push for the wildcard, boys. Call them a good result for the Vikings. Yeah, great result for the Vikings, but it it isn't it isn't a surprise. Like we constantly say, and I have said, this is a Vikings team that on its day could beat the Super Bowl 24 49ers when Joe Montana and Jerry Rice torched everybody. This is a Vikings team who are incredible. And if you let Justin Jefferson loose and you play to his strengths, he is an absolute animal. He's just brilliant. And that's what they did yesterday. And Rodgers playing unbelievably and Devontae Adams playing unbelievably didn't have enough. I think if I'm the Packers, my big concern is what Roger said afterwards. He said that his toe injury is worse than uh, turf toe. That's that's very concerning because tur- turf toe can be a, a real injury that can derail a, a season. I, I don't know if he meant that it's less serious, but he said more, and that I think would be a, a concern. The Vikings continue to, to be the Vikings massively entertaining to watch. 
I thought to um yeah, two two quarterbacks, three hundred yards plus seven touchdowns in the game. Jefferson, like what a what a player, two touchdowns, 169 yards. Two defenses couldn't get off the field yesterday. The offenses were certainly controlling that game. And for Rogers to play with such an injury and come off the game with a hundred and forty-eight passer rating. Perfection is 166. He wasn't too far off it playing with that injury. Yeah, Mark, it is. That's it. Double checked it. But I go and check it. Anyway. Point being, Rogers was struggling yesterday with a serious injury, and he went out and played that game. And uh, look, that game could have went either way because, in the end, well, that's even better, then, isn't it? <laughs> 158. That's even better because he would finish with a 148. Um, look, the game in the end could have went either way because that interception was ruled as, as an incomplete pass, but that could have went either way. And when Cousins showed up, I felt, oh, here we go again. Cousins has played really well, but unfortunately for him, he's going to be remembered for an interception, and the Packers would go down and Crosby potentially would right the wrongs of, of the past weeks where he struggled, but no. And look, for the Vikings, because they're so erratic, even with that chip shot at the end, I was still nervous watching it to see where they make it. It's a big win. I don't think they're, they're too far out. I know they're in the world. There are only two games out of this division. It's, there's a lot of games we played. The Rams have the Packers next weekend. You know, let's see what comes in the Rams if they were to knock the Call the bye as well. Yeah, so it was a big win for the Vikings. It was a great game. It was probably one of the best games of the weekend. And I think we often have felt it would be the type of game that would come down to a late score and it'd be a, a high-scoring game. Yeah, I mean, you always know when it's a great um, weekend um, because there's, you know, so many games that could have been the best game of the weekend. Colm, do you have something else? Just for, for Brian, because there's going to be lots of Eagles love on this show. Uh, just to say, Brian, that Justin Jefferson, the Eagles passed him over for Jalen Rieger. So you can enjoy that part. Um, but there will be there will be Eagles love coming later on. But if you're, I, assume, if you're, I, assume, I assume it'll be on the run game, not the quarterback. Uh, well, on both, Brian, on both. Oh, here, here, here we go. Because if I start giving that about Mahomes, I'll get it back. So we're all going to talk true about for 127 it. yards, Nets. Run game. How many touchdowns? Sorry, they jumped into the Eagles. I couldn't resist. Right. Well, I mean, he mentioned the Eagles because they're probably one of the you know leading playoff teams at the moment. They've definitely got a clean run no, towards the playoffs, one would say, Brian. But anyway, anyway, we're talking about the Vikings. The pass rate is 158.3 is perfection. So you're right. It is actually even better than you thought. It's even closer. Um, look, this game was decided, it seemed decided with the Vikings getting up early and being on top and just keeping enough distance with the Packers. But the reason why it was such a great game and why we enjoyed it as neutral so much is really that fourth quarter. And it could have gone there either way. And it was always teetering on this, the Packers are going to be edged out or somehow, somewhere, the Vikings are going to throw this away. And, you know, it's drama. It's excitement. It's fantastic plays by both teams. When, you know, when Rodgers throws that to Adams, instantly you thought, oh, sorry, it wasn't Adams. Who was it on the long touchdown, was it? Thank you, Marcus Scatman. That's right. Um, on the over route, and uh, you know, you kind of looked and it went, He's left too much time. That was almost the first thought. But, like you say, Brian, where even when they're on the one or two and they're just lining up for a chip shot field goal, somehow, and we talked about last week, the coasts of Claire Walsh, of Gary Anderson, of many, many, many Viking skickers could come back to haunt. They didn't. They got the win, well-deserved, and now they're in the mix, along with people like the 49ers and like the Eagles that we all wanted to forget about, um, actually with a reasonable shot at that sixth or seventh wild card. Maybe Minnesota think higher, but consistency will be always be a problem with that team. Great game, great to see, great enjoyment. Shout out to everybody watching tonight's show, including Dave, Anthony Farrell, 
Stephen Griffith and the Irish Panthers. Hard luck yesterday, lads. Enjoyed that game. We'll we'll come back and talk about that in a minute. First off, let's talk about the Chargers. Chargers moving to six and four, three hundred and eighty-two yards passing, three touchdowns, albeit one interception. Two rushing touchdowns for Austin Eckler. Are the Chargers back beating the state? The Steelers put up thirty-seven points in SoFi Stadium with an old man at quarterback. Superb. Great game. It's a pity we were all in our beds, tucked away, snowed apart from Column, who was on the, the East Coast. Yeah, it was a it was a, a good game. I mean, the the Chargers allowed the Steelers back into it, and it looked for a time that they were going to to charger it up, but they they held on and they got the win. I mean, at at times, Big Big Ben, um, particularly that. Uh, touchdown pass to um, Johnson was an outstanding pass and he, he was rolling back the years but Austin Eckler was fantastic and Herbert um, was, was really good also saw Herbert use his legs which we, we haven't seen and uh, they they did enough and you, you'd have to have some concerns in terms of the, the points they gave up to a Steelers offense that isn't exactly explosive but if you're the the Chargers and you're looking at a game against the Broncos next week, you're saying we're scoring points. You know, we you, you'd fa- you'd certainly fancy your chances. And uh, they, I mean, Her- Herbert Herbert is Herbert. So um, they they did they did enough, and that that's all you can ask of them. I, I felt for the betting public this morning when I watched this game back because. If you're on the if you're on the Chargers minus five points going into the fourth quarter at twenty seven ten, you're counting your money. And there was one punt in the second half, and there was twenty seven points in the fourth quarter. The Steelers only had the ball once in the third quarter, and then they go into the fourth quarter. And the Chargers do Chargers things again. They find ways to let teams back into the game. The punt was blocked. They score a touchdown off that immediately interception. Just on that particular interception, I don't know if he's. Also today, the hit by the Chargers player on the Steelers player, I thought that was quite poor. That was, and there was no flag call at the time. It didn't matter. They went in, but the Chargers are finding ways in season to be the Chargers of old. You know, we've seen games where we felt they'd win and they've not won those games. And I mean, they nearly lost this game. You know, there was a, a you know a penalty flag which was which was then taken up because they felt it was an uncatchable ball, which led them having to take the field goal. And as we said for the past few weeks. Mike Williams has been non-existent. Teams have played him, and by and large, they played him really well all night. They allowed Keelan Allen to take the, the, the shots on the field in terms of the catching. And the one time they let him go in the game, he goes and does that, which he was doing very early on in the season. It's a big win for the Chargers, all the same. I was impressed with the Steelers. You know, for a team that was down by 17 to rally, shows again that they're still playing for this coach. Who's, he's a great coach. Yeah, I mean, Brian, you mentioned it, 17 points down the fourth quarter. And then within that fourth quarter, they were leading then by a yeah. field goal before the big Mike Williams um, play. I mean, that that was the the bizarre nature. I mean, the stats don't show up well for the Steelers because they dealt with a few short fields from the block punt, from the inception, from the um, turnover on downs and things like that. But they converted and they delivered in a multitude of ways. And yes, that is intensely concerning about for the Chargers defense, but wasn't it great to see their offense clicking again? I mean, not if you're a Steelers fan, granted, but generally it was great. There was one throw that Justin Herbert delivered, effectively dropping it in between three defenders to a guy down the seam. 
And even Troy Aikman on commentary was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was like a Tony Romo-esque moment where all he could do was make noises. Um, but him and Joe Buck were just, you know, purring over some of the throws. And yes, uh, Herbert, 90 yards on nine carries alone, using his wheels, especially on third down, to make a couple of key conversions. Um, like I said at the start, uh, on the Vikings-Packers game, it's always a good week when you're debating what was the best game of the weekend. This one was up there for me. I thought it was a fantastic game. Um, and great to see the Chargers bounce back. Can they maintain it? Can they shore up that defense? Can they stop the run defense? The questions still remain. But for pure shootout fun, here we go. Big shout out to the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club who have commented saying, how's your toe doing, Sharn? The only thing I have to say is, skull, skull, skull. Skull, 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 Vikings, Zimmer knows the score, at least this week. Oh, okay, uh, just final point for me on the Chargers. They remind me uh, of a Leinster final in Crook Park over the last 10 years. Half full, nobody really cares. LA. Quite a significant amount of Steelers fans, but then you, you, part of that is down to the fact Steelers travel everywhere as well. So. They do. I'm, no, Steelers fans. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, 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 that's the point yeah. we've said. You know, Chargers are going to play a lot of games this season at home that will feel like a road game. You know, no matter who. Same with the Raiders to a certain extent because the amount of people who want to go to Vegas for the weekend. Yeah, now remember, we've mentioned Cook Park. Now, Philip Rivers used to have to practice the silent count on home games uh, as well. He had 16 away games, basically, Philip Rivers in the last couple of seasons with the Chargers. It was constant. Um, now that we've mentioned Cook Park, if anybody does have a pre-sale link for Brian to get some Garth Brooks tickets for Friday, let him know in the comments. 41-15, the Colts over the Bills. Uh, me and Colin have something in common. Um, we both own Jonathan Taylor in Fantasy Leagues. Holy mother of Jesus of Nazareth. What a day for the Colts. What a day for the Bills, boys. They're going to have to regroup now and find another level. Patriots go top of that division. Like That's, that's shocking. As far as I'm concerned, that Bills team aren't, aren't that ahead. And now a huge few weeks for them, but they call them a hell of a performance from the Colts. And not just Jonathan Taylor. They shut that Bills team down yesterday. Yeah, they did. I'm glad I had a, um, a road to Damascus uh, like conversion on uh, our show on, on Saturday night. But I was thinking about like the, the problem this Bills team have. They're very talented, but you can bully them. And that's what the Colts did yesterday, bullied them on both sides of the ball. Um, and you watch some of the, the hits that the um, their O-line and D-line guys put in. Um, and it wasn't, this wasn't Cameron Hayward punching uh, Herbert in the stomach. This was legitimate hits, but they really bullied them. And Taylor was fantastic. And you can see the way the Colts... Look, they, the Colts have issues, um, undoubtedly, given some of the games that they've lost. But they they rally, they play really hard for Frank Reich. Um, I don't know if anyone has seen the, the post-game uh, locker room game ball talk. And uh, you can see how together that, that team is. And, you know, we've seen all teams lose games. But the Colts clearly go into every game thinking that there's a possibility. And I don't think that they're going to be scared playing the Bucs. I don't, don't think they're going to be scared by their running. So they'll be there or thereabouts. They clearly aren't at all concerned around if they have to give up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. He is their QB. But Jonathan Taylor right now 
is for me, for me, he is the front runner for MVP because he has done, um, we talked about it on Saturday night, he has now eight games um, in a row where he's more than 100 yards and a, a touchdown. He has eclipsed everyone else. He said he's setting records. And if you have him, if he can stay healthy, he could, he who knows what what he's capable of in the the second half of the season. But yeah, kudos to to the Colts on a great win. When we were in London, I think it was the first weekend when we were, we were at the Falcons Jets game. We were discussing their record, the Colts in particular, and saying, you know, does any team with a poor record that could go on a run and get themselves back in a position to at least challenge for a wild card? It was the Colts because they are such a stacked roster and. Kudos to Mark because he said on Saturday night show that they really matched up well against this Bills team. They arguably should have beat them in the playoffs. So maybe it didn't come as a surprise. Just on the Bills, yeah, you're talking about the bullying situation. For me, the biggest issue with this team is, is the run game. There isn't one. There's very little of a run game. I mean, again, the yards this weekend are made up predominantly of Josh Allen running, more so running for his life yesterday. And when they get down by double scores, they can turn to be down by two touchdowns. It's pass, pass, pass. And that just leaves the teams you know, covering down the field. I know it's become leading to interceptions. There's no balance to the team. You know, there's no balance to them at the best of times, even when they're playing ahead. And this is ultimately what's going to cost them, I think, in the long run, because they need to get that corrected. If, if not this season, certainly in the offseason. You're saying about the wrong game. Like, this has been an issue for years. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an NFL coach. I'm, I'm not a qualified coach. Get a running back. And uh, a rugby player from England doesn't count. They have draft backs, but they just haven't materialised to the in terms to the extent that they need to work in this offense. In the window they're in now, they should be trading for somebody. I, I think. I, I think if they're going to sit back now, if they don't win it this year, they're gonna, they can't sit in the draft and draft. Uh, they're going to have to go for. They're going to have to go all in at some point with Josh Allen. Yeah, but, but Michael, they did that before. Remember the Sean McCoy trade. I mean, obviously, different ah, like, what, what year is it like? Do you know what I mean? But, like, I mean, but they did it. They tried it. No, I'm saying historically, they have tried that to invest in that position. Uh, and obviously, it hasn't happened. Of course, back in the day, their trade to the Seahawks of Sean Lynch away from Buffalo proved not necessarily to be the right move. So maybe it's just a position they're somewhat cursed in since the heydays of Thurman Thomas, of course. Um Look, for me, like actually two quick things. One is um, a, uh, a an individual who wishes to remain anonymous happened to put five euros on Austin Eckler, three-plus touchdowns, in a double with Jonathan Taylor, three-plus touchdowns. Um, needless to say, Christmas and most of the next year is sorted for him at present. So he's a very happy it's man. It's a shoe. Um, was that? It's a shoe. No, it's not. No, 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 no. It's, it's, I mean, it's I'd be surprised you're about on their bet slip earlier on today <laughs> and said, I don't want you to tell you who it is, but I do want to brag about this bet. I was like, yeah, fair enough. I, I would if I was you as well. Um, but the second thing um, to say is, look, hell must have frozen over. We must truly be approaching the end of days because not only this week, but next week as well, Colts and Patriots fans are going to be wanting the same result from a game. Um, Patriots fans were very delighted with the Colts beating the Bills. And indeed, next week, the Colts fans will be cheering on the Patriots against the Titans. And if the Titans hadn't lost unbelievably against the Texans, I mean, I'd said, I said, look, that division's done. That division's gone. But now if they're going to slip up in games like that and the Colts continue to play like they did against the Bills, maybe it remains open. I mean, they've got to make up three games effectively in seven. It's still tight. Uh, or is it six now? It's six. Um, but it's possible, I guess. Anything is possible if they keep playing like that. And the Colts play like they did. 
I did call it. I thought they matched up well. Jonathan Taylor, absolute beast. Um, but what happened to the Bills? Seriously, what happened to the Bills? And I don't want to say I told you so, gents, but I did call it out beforehand. Their wins did, have yeah. come against teams with combined records of 18-39 coming into this weekend. Are they flat-track bullies? We'll find out soon enough. The two games against the Patriots loom large, not just for the Pats, but now very much for the Bills. Well, I, yeah. I just think the, the some of the issues on the run game, it's not just the running backs. It's the line. There, there's no yeah. lanes opening up for those guys. And that's where I think the bullying thing comes in. Like, if you cannot get your lines to operate, then you can't get your run game going. And if, if your, your D-line isn't getting any pressure on opposing QBs, they can just do what they want. So that, to me, is, is the Bills' issue. And I think that's tougher to fix mid-season. So... It cannot be done absolutely, and we know the Bills have talent, but that's where they need to sort out the issues. Well, it leads into a great week, sorry, because it's obviously we've got our Thanksgiving special on Wednesday, and, and the Bills are playing on Thanksgiving, so they're not going to have too much time to turn things around. They're traveling on the road to, to New Orleans, and okay, the Saints are up and down, but they'll give you a game in the dome. So it'd be interesting to see how they react to that defeat on Thursday night. Let's see those picks on. Well, Arsh was on Wednesday night. Look, looking forward to that there. And uh, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I, I like the Bills. Jim Kelly's a Belfast man, so I wish them all the very best. Please, God, over the next few weeks. Because if last night's anything to go by, our Twitter account could be deactivated by January at this point because I can't take it anymore. Okay, let's go from one franchise that you know maybe didn't perform well to another. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, look, let, let, let me just say this, and I'll, I'll let you boys go on ahead, all right? Let me just say this, and I'll let you boys go on ahead. Uh, nine points against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Cowboys' defense done very well to limit the Chiefs to 19 points. They've done their job. Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown yesterday. He threw an interception. Um, Travis Kelsey had a rushing touchdown, if we're going to go that far. But the Chiefs only scored 19 points. Again, Patrick Mahomes gets under, I don't know, like, what, eight fantasy points for two or three weeks in a row. I, I don't know anymore what to say about this team. Uh, Dak Prescott let the whole show down last night. The line was shocking. And I, I'll say it before, I'll say it again. You can sit here and you can say it about Kansas City's defense. Brian, I think the Giants would have beat the Chiefs last night. I genuinely would have beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago. But yeah, but I, sorry, I think I they would have beat them last night. Colin, do you want to go for it or do you want me to take it? No, go for it. Um, the last three games in which the Chiefs defense have played, uh, they gave up nine points yesterday, they gave up 12 to the Raiders, and they gave up 17 to the Giants. And the second half that we prior to that against Washington, I think they only gave up seven points. Spags has turned his defense around. We can go on about Mahomes not playing well, but we've seen throughout the years there has been teams that have won Super Bowls based on the defense. I'd argue your Broncos team, you know, got to the Super Bowl by and large because of a very strong defense and ultimately won the Super Bowl against the number one offense that season. Yesterday, Five sacks on Dak, two interceptions. Um, yeah, you can argue that the Cowboys' offensive line is struggling. They need to get Tyrod Smith back very quickly because the left tackle, who struggled against the Broncos a few weeks, is just having a mare at the moment. But if the Chiefs continue to go to the way they are with this defense and they continue to play at the level that they played at yesterday, I think they'll win the division. They're going on the boy now. Then they've got two home games in a row against Denver and Las Vegas. And right now, you know, with all respect to your team and uh, the Raiders, they're both in kind of a very mixed run of games in terms of form. 
So it's hard to see how this Chiefs don't win. And sometimes you don't necessarily, we're used to seeing the Chiefs offense being explosive. Maybe it's a different team this year. Maybe it's a, it's a more team-led geared towards defense. Yeah, I I don't think, I, you know, I always thought that the Chiefs had this game because I think the Cowboys are very talented but very emotional. They They just thought that they had the game against the Broncos sewn up. They didn't show up. They didn't think they had to, right? And then they go out and they put an all-merciful beatdown on the Falcons, but they behaved as at the end of that game as if they'd won the Super Bowl. They thought, like, we're back. They were shouting it louder than Cab. And then they were, then they have to go on the, the road and they have to go to Arrowhead, which isn't an easy place to, to go. Uh, however, the, the Chiefs are playing whatever Chiefs show up. And, well, Dak uh, en- ended up uh, sitting down five times. Moving Chris Jones back inside has been the big one of one of the biggest factors. Why they ever tried him on the edge was was insane. I, the only good thing for the Cowboys, it, what you would say, is Micah Parsons. We talked about on the show on Saturday. He is head and shoulders above everyone else for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He is the the bright spot from their game yesterday. Kate can play anywhere, and yes, you can put him on the edge. But Chris Jones doesn't have that explosiveness off the edge, but my God, does he have it through the middle. And Zach Martin found that out to his cost. Zach Martin, who hadn't given up, uh, he gave up one sack all of last year, none this year so far. And Chris Jones, he will have nightmares about Chris Jones for, for some time. Uh, the, the, the Chiefs now sitting atop the... AFC West is theirs, and they go on their bye. They can get guys healthy, having a bye the, this late in the season. It's uh, it's good for them. Obviously, plenty to prove, and I think, look, the AFC is one of those where, who, is this a good team? You, you could make an argument that it might be a better Super Bowl if it was two NFC teams, but someone has to come out of the, the AFC, so why not the, why not the Chiefs? I don't think you gave Zach Martin his full name, by the way, Colin. I think you needed to say six-time all-pro guard, Zach Martin. Like, I mean, this wasn't chump chips uh, or cheap chips that Chris Jones was playing with on uh, last night. They were dominant. They were absolutely dominant. It was the first time the Kansas City Chiefs defense, I would say, has really turned up. I mean, yes, they've been showing improvements. But last night they had Dak under pressure. They were controlling the run game. They looked more dynamic in the secondary. The gaps and the risks and the, 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 the problems they've had in the past seem to go away. And it starts with the line. And it starts with Chris Jones, yes, tearing them apart. But it seemed on every play they were getting pressure through that O-line. Tyron Smith can't come back soon enough to hopefully shore it up and kind of get some consistency back in the way. But everyone was suffering on. I mean, I don't want to say it was left tackle for it. It was Zach Mahan's fault. It was all the way across the line against a very expensive, very talented, usually very consistent um, Dallas offense. I mean, if you're a Dallas fan and looking for, I'll say, excuses and violins, yes, Amari Cooper was out with COVID late in the day uh, and he's out for Thanksgiving as well, of course. CD Lamb suffered the concussion. Zeke tweaked his knee as well, so he had a more limited role, though Tony Pollard, arguably, again, looked more uh, explosive at the running back position. Um, you, they just got their, hand, their asses handed to them. Um, yes, the Chiefs didn't do a whole lot on offense, Michael, but they looked 
capable of moving the ball. Whereas every time it felt like the Dallas tried to move the ball or got a play or two together, five seconds later, Chiefs are blowing up plays, putting them in long down situations and getting the ball back yet again. So um, fair play. I mean, I called it for the Cowboys. I thought they would have enough. I didn't expect the Chiefs defense to show up like that. And to Colm's point, if the Chiefs defense is going to show up like that, sooner rather than later, that offense will click again. And they might just round into form at the right time. And yes, they could therefore be a very meaningful threat all the way along. We've never written them off. I kept saying they were going to be the F's, uh, their divisional winners. Um, but getting both sides will be super, super, super worrying. I think if I said, I said no tie ends, no run game, and no receivers when CD Lamb went down. There. They still picked that gallop they had Tony Pollard. They had enough for it. They just didn't show up. They only called 16 run plays in the game and they and they called 43 pass plays. So they didn't balance it. Mike, in fairness, I I can see your point though. Like and Mark's kind of alluding to the point that at some stage the Chiefs offense will get it together. They haven't got it together this season, so we keep assuming they will. Mahomes threw two interceptions yesterday. Neither neither quarterback threw a touchdown. You know, whilst the Chiefs defense continues to play well, at some stage you would think it will catch up on that offense and also catch up on the team and could play off them. I mean, the the quarterbacks, the starting quarterbacks for each team yesterday collectively would probably be more than. 30, 40, 30 or 40 countries GDP collectively in one year. I mean, let's not cut it. There's so many more elements to this, but Dak Prescott didn't show up yesterday. And we can talk about it. Of course, there's so many other elements here. He didn't show up. I was sitting, pint against, fire was on, fourth quarter, 16 6 or something. Well, right, right. Maybe somebody will get a score. Ah, here. I mean, Watch them show up on Thursday night. Oh, how about them Cowboys? Uh, and then lose a week after. The good thing to the Cowboys is they're in the NFCs. But even at that, the, the Eagles are two the, the Eagles are two games back, boys. Ooh, so uh, it could it could get spicy towards the end of the year. When did the Eagles play the Cowboys? Is the question. The three games. Back. Well, yeah, yeah, with the with the loss to the Cowboys. With, before, well, yeah. the three back now at the moment with the loss, so the four back effectively at the moment. I thought there were only I thought there were only two in it, man. Yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys have had their get their buy. So they're seven oh, and yeah. three. The Eagles haven't yeah. had their buy, and they're five and six. That's yeah. why. So it's two and a half games back. And then yes, they're one game down to the Cowboys already from a game they, earlier. They play each other week seven, then. Yeah. Oh. Or week eighteen, isn't it, Brian? Seventeenth oh, yeah. game. Oh yeah. yeah. That could be a typical NFC East Sunday night football shit show. Anyway. Sorry, I had to swear, but that's it's just yeah, I know, I know. Right. Anyway, I love can't, can't give grief to Mark any longer. I can't. Well, Mark said the F word. And also apparently the word shite is allowed to be used in the South, at least. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get in trouble. Anyway, let's let let's move on. Colin went to Soldier Field yesterday and seen the Ravens against the Bears. He's seen Andy Dalton. Huntley. Huntley. Was the other quarterback? Yeah, and my yeah. God, what an ending to that game! I thought I thought Jim Nance was going to have a heart attack. He was over it, like oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> Tony Romo was like, oh, Jim. Like, did you meet any of them, Mister? You didn't see Big Jimmy, no? Didn't didn't see any of them, but. For the for the Ray, I mean, these were two kind of beat up sides going into it, and obviously with Fields going off, uh, that you know meant that Dalton came in. But Dalton had a a pretty 
good game in relief. Now, you would say the Ravens had probably kind of practiced for fields so Dalton was something different but that first drive in particular um with the 60 yard touchdown um I mean that was a, a great drive gave them such energy what I would say is Harbaugh was absolutely thrilled with the win the Ravens were absolutely delighted to be leaving Chicago with the win they knew kind of how how close it, it was and I mean for Huntley a kid making his first career start, he he definitely grew into the game, and he was clutch in the moments that he needed to be. So I I don't think that the the Ravens will look back on this as very favorably. But they got the win, they got out of dodge. Uh, for the the Bears, it it continues to be a, a season of struggles, but. They have the opportunity to, you know, to at least, um, you know, right the ship a little bit on Thursday. It probably wasn't one that wasn't one of the better games you saw this weekend, but I thought it had one of the funniest moments, um, and that wasn't the end of the game. Um, we all know that Nagy and I like as soon as lose his job come the end of the season. There was a four to one play. I don't uh, know. If you've seen I, don't, I, I don't mind that. You know, I think you know he, he has to be given time. As, in the same way, Justin Fields is given. He, he just just a wee three bit more. Years in there. Was he three I, years I'm in? taking. I'm taking the piss. I'm taking the piss. Don't worry. Yes. Right. There was a four to one yesterday. Um, Connor, I'm not sure if you saw it. I don't know if you saw it. You had the TV coverage there in front of you, and his headset system wouldn't work, and he was running up and down the sideline trying to get it going, and he had a technical guy hanging off his shoulders trying to fix it while the play was going on. Did you not see that yet, Mark? Now. It was absolutely hilarious. And Mark's on mute. Mark was playing rugby at the back. Yeah, I did. I did see it. Sorry, that's where I remember playing. It was just he was just chewing the ear off the technical guy, chewing the ear off anybody who could who would listen to him when a play is going on. Bizarre. Um, for the game itself, I mean, it's one of those games the Bears fans will feel that they've given it away. And I look, I had a conversation with Mark around this today, and I probably repeat myself that I felt that he shouldn't have gone in for the touchdown. And I know Mark saying, yeah, the time, and they could have called timeouts, and there still would have been enough time. He could have held, he was 20 yards ahead of that Ravens guy. He could have stood there waiting for those Ravens guys to come and collect, come and take him down for that play. You know, he, he could have used off the clock. Duh, we, we could we could, we could could bore everybody yeah. with talking about oh, that. Because I, I still think the math doesn't uh, work out. Uh, uh, wouldn't waste enough time. But the Bears, theoretically, yes. And But, I mean, you know, you've got a young enough receiver. He's just been freed open on one of the worst blown coverages since Raheem Moore, um, which the two boys might remember for the Broncos against the Ravens back in the day. Um, one right, of the worst coverages ever on a fourth and 11 play, which oh they, um, Colin's going to blame somebody else for it as well, but Raheem Moore, <laughs> I think I'm right in saying, was the safety in question. But, um, and it's so un-Ravens-like, and after they'd locked everything down, you kind of thought to yourself, to yourself oh my goodness, they, they've blown this game. They've blown it to the Bears. They've blown it to an Andy Dalton. I mean, Colin's right. Andy Dalton made a difference when he came in because finally the Ravens had to <laughs> a competent quarterback who could throw the ball accurately. You know, that tends to be a bit of a difference um, because, quite frankly, and I don't know what it was like in the stadium, but watching on the television, it was like, sorry, who is the backup who's just coming in the last second here? Um, because yeah, I flip a coin, frankly, for most of the game. Good. 
Yeah. Well, a, co- a couple of things. Fields had some throws that were great. He had some throws that were awful. He's inconsistent, and and he's a, he's a young young QB. And absolutely, Mark Raheem Moore, the uh, My Line Miracle, will never forget. But Brian, I thought you'd be all in favor of you know a player going in um, to score a touchdown because you know I mean there's remember that the Giants they wanted the player to go down, but he actually went in for the touchdown. But then they hung on to win the Super Bowl against mm, the Patriots. So, you know, I'm all for players nah. get take the points where on the where they're on the board, you know, because there's no guarantee, even with Tom Brady, that the opposition will be able to drive down the field and get right. the points. Take them I, when they're there. I'm, not, I'm on Bradshaw lives okay, long okay. in the infamy column, but you know, no, no, I mean you mentioned Tom Brady, I mean, ten Super Bowls, you know, one or two are gonna slip by. All right, all right, all right. All right. Look, well, Mark, well, Mark, well, Mark has to go in a couple of minutes. So let's well, let's sorry, sorry. wasn't there a play recently? Where the team defense dragged the player into the end zone so they could get the ball back. Yeah, no, but there's been there's yes, there was, and there's been multiple plays. Remember um Atlanta lost the game last year when or was it Detroit lost the game? I think no, it was Atlanta, Atlanta where they failed yeah, to Todd go down. Gordy. Todd Gordy went to, should have went down. He yeah, Todd Gordy, that's exactly what it was. It was Atlanta at the one. And he tried to stop himself and failed. And he gave up the game, gave up the point, the ball, and they ended up losing. Might have been to Detroit. That's why it's sticking in my mind about that. But you can always talk about that strategy. Look, at the end of the day, Bears, what a duck egg. I mean, the only good thing about that game, frankly, probably, you know I mean? Ravens fans should be delighted. I mean, Packers fans can't even take much delight because the Bears aren't even competition for them. But the only other fan base that's as happy about this are probably the Giants because that first round pick keeps getting better and better with every game they play. So, you know, embarrassing. Here. Embarrassing. I, I I know you're going to go, on, so I, I, I want to get you on this last game very quickly. Let me just say this. 201 yards, two passing touchdowns. They have found a quarterback in Chicago, Andy Dalton. Sorry. Red Rocket. Red it. Rocket. I have to say it. He had more completions than Justin Fields over the last three weeks of average. But we'll, we'll leave it at that. Alan Robinson didn't get a – he wasn't he wasn't even active. That's a whole different <laughs> – right. Uh, you know, I – have asked this question for years you know what is the meaning of life why are we here when will the second coming be well the second coming came yesterday when jesus christ and nazareth was quarterback for the for the, for the houston texans mark uh, against I, the i've got to kick this title. one off don't i i've got to kick this yeah one off. I, Look, I think you have to and then you can <laughs> i mean I, I thought you wanted to focus on my picks of the vikings picks of the Colts, picks of the eagles but no you want to talk about this one so yes for the second year in a row i did invoke the fact that the second coming of christ couldn't save a team and for the second year in a row that team promptly then went on and won the game so um look again we're talking about what happened i didn't expect that Beelzebub, lord of the flies the dark lord himself would inhabit ryan Tannehill's body and somehow throw four interceptions that wasn't expected shall we say um but we talked about people laying duck eggs and the bears laying duck egg i mean a goose egg what the hell were the Titans doing yesterday against that Texan side? I mean, they made them look like world beaters in many respects. Um, appalling performance by them. Fair play for the Texans who keep fighting. Also, Michael, don't forget on the betting segment, Colm, I think, said, um, I will give you the banker of all bankers, and that is the Titans to beat the Texans. So I'm going to drag him down with me. But, yeah, um, look, for the two Texans fans that still exist, Fair oh, here, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, 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 yesterday. 
I'm happy to go down with that the ship because Michael, you're having to go at Patrick Mahomes and uh, Dak Prescott for not throwing a touchdown. Tron Taylor didn't throw throw a touchdown yesterday, but they he he threw for 107 That's yards. Different. That's in, different. In, in fact, in terms of the Texans, their top rusher had 40 yards. Their <laughs> their top receiver had 37 yards. But, yeah, but there's, at, there's no expectation with Tyrod Taylor. There's no but, like, we don't like it's it's like okay yesterday, man. But nobody really gives a rat's arse next week. Do you know what I mean? Like, God, but Patrick Mahomes, he's a half billion dollar man. Do you know what I mean? Like, Con- new contract from- hasn't kicked in yet for Patrick Mahomes. Ah, watch, watch when it does. But this, this was the. You know, I mean, I, I think, Mark, what you mean by Beelzebub, the Dark Lord, this was Ryan Tannehill under Adam Gase. This is what that looked yeah. like. It, it, Tannehill should rightly have nightmares about this for years. It was. Ah, uh, it was abject. It was horrific. It the the game was there for him, except he couldn't seem to to stop looking at AJ Brown. I mean, this was worse than anything I saw under Drew Locke. Drew Locke's biggest issue: he couldn't move off his first read. Ryan Tannehill was obsessed, obsessed. This was like a, one of those American rom com teenage movies where you know they're, they're looking across the classroom at one another. He couldn't stop looking at AJ Brown yesterday. Kept going his way. And look, look how it ended up. Kudos to the Texans on getting the win. If you are the, the Titans, they make no sense, given what they've already beaten, but they lost to the Jets and they lost to the Texans. Um, I Without Derrick Henry, uh, they need to get him back for the playoffs because I don't think that they will cause, cause too much fear. Look, they, they've got plenty of talent, but I don't think in the play, I don't, how will they? How will they cause cause fear, especially um, you know against others? If if this is what they are going to do, they have the talent there, but they have got to figure out you know what they what their identity is in a in a post Derrick Henry world, um, because Adrian Peterson ran for forty yards as well yesterday, and they that I mean that's their their nightmare. Like Tannehill threw for three hundred twenty three yards, but ultimately they end up going nowhere. Yeah, I mean, guys, I, I, as you know, I have to drop, so I'm going to love yous and leave yous. But the last thing, just on Colm's obsession point, at times, running Tannehill last night was Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. And unfortunately, the bunny ended up stuffed uh, for, for, uh, in, in that game yesterday. Good, yeah, good night and God go. bless. The are on two wins for the season. <laughs> and the Lions smile again because they're even better for their draft position. Michael, before I drop, one thing I want to ask you guys to run through, just when you go into the Eagles game, look at the Eagles' next six games and their schedule, and then yeah. tell me yes. how they're not making they, the playoffs. They don't, have to get, they don't have to get on an airplane again for the remainder of the, the current season. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. not a bad-looking lineup. Um, enjoy the rest of the show, gents. I'll talk to you tomorrow night. See you tomorrow night. Send us your picks for Thursday. Please do. He's away. He's gone. He's literally... I didn't even click a button. He's gone. Uh, I just want to say something very quickly on the Titans because I know we want to get AOB and stuff and get the game tonight sorted. Um, I think yesterday was the best thing to happen to this Titans team in a long time. They now have reached rock bottom. They're 8-3 and three and they got beat by this complete muck. And let, let's put it out there. Complete and utter muck Houston Texans team. I think they're looking at themselves today in the mirror. And I think they're not going to lose again the rest of the season. The Titans? Yeah. 
So you're picking them already against the Patriots. I, I, I think the Titans will get to the AFC Championship game. That would be my... I'm just marking that date down into their pocket. I think it actually said it'd be the AFC Champions two weeks ago. Anyway, I, I still have faith in the same. I think Derek Henry will come back in January. And look, they've won eight games. They win another three or four. Like, you know, like, look, Jesus, boys. Three or four more wins out of what the last five or six games are. They'll be 100%. But they now need to look at themselves in the mirror. They will do. Vrabel's unreal, boys. I don't get all the slack. Give it time. But, you know, Colm, if I had told you in the Aviva that day that they would have had two wins, what would you have said? I, I still can't believe it. Um, I, I, I'd have been shocked. Uh, and I look, look at the, Just look at the game yesterday. I mean, that is the Titans absolutely messing the, this one up. On that particular segment of the show, um, as it happens, if, you, if you're continuing on, I said the reason why they brought Tyra Taylor in is because they want to win three games this season. And no more than that. Well, they're not far off it now. One more to go. And I think it will happen. It will come. Someone. They've got the Jags again, haven't they? Yeah, they've got to play the Jags on the road again. I think that's actually... That's, uh, well, yeah, like the, the, the Jaguars game, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end. I mean, I... That'll be a great game now. Be intriguing. I, do you remember that video I put on a couple of weeks ago? It's like the man after the game and he goes, I don't really see the point anymore. I'm falling in love with football. Why do they have a franchise? What's the point? Like seriously, boys. Like, come on. Like, that's a whole different well, conversation. We'll see next next off season when they get three fourth rounders for their quarterback that has been sitting there nine out. I mean, the reality is that would allow them to rebuild. You know, who? The Texans. I, I'm talking about the Jaguars. Jags. Well, that's a different. Jags. Game. The Jags shouldn't have a franchise in in that location. It's a joke. Anyway, Eagles forty, Saints twenty nine. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 147 yards. Three rushing touchdowns. Uh, for me, franchise quarterback, I have to put it out there. I, I think he is the future of this franchise. Uh, the, the confidence in this offense when he's on that field at the minute, I, I think it shows you, giving him the time, giving him the energy, giving him the confidence, Colin. Uh, this Eagles team is maybe a couple of games off this year, but if they had maybe won a couple at the start, they'd seriously be challenging out for that division. I gotta go back in a sec. Well, look, <laughs> we're. I think Brian and I are diametrically opposed on this Eagles team. I think some of that comes from understandably hated rivals. I mean, this is Manchester United, Leeds United type stuff. But look, I I don't have a dog in the fight, and I said at the very outset in our pre preview show that I thought the Eagles would be one of the most entertaining teams in the league this season. I didn't think they were making the playoffs. They still, don't, I you know, I don't know if they they will. I think there are issues, but I do think they're a wonderfully entertaining team, and I do think that they are playing to Jalen Hurts' strength. Is he a pocket passer? No, but he is the number one ranked QB in the NFL over the past five weeks because they finally figured out what they need to do with him. And this is what I think we have. And you, you saw Dan Orlovsky talk about this earlier. We're in an era where you need now need to build around your QB strength. You don't do the same thing with your quarterback. So you saw what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, and you've seen Lamar improve as a passer. So teams build around their young QBs and their strengths. I think that is what the Eagles have done. 
they've moved on. I mean, um, Brian, you you were given the, the stat earlier around the Cowboys, I think, only go, running it 13 times. This is an Eagles team that only ran it five times against the Cowboys. Hard to believe that that was their identity then. I think they've hit on their identity. There'll be bumps in the road. But if, if I was them and I'm looking at that QB class of 2022, I'm saying, Hurts, if we continue... Uh, with this and we put pieces around him he's good enough for for next year he has taken the step in the second year that the broncos wish drew Locke had taken is he the long-term answer i think the jury is potentially still out on that but i really like what he is doing and i think he is improving and i think they are playing to his strengths and they to go and get the 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 win as they did yesterday against Sean Payton, you'd have to say Sean, even Sean Payton and he, all his ability can't overcome Trevor Simeon. Um, but it, it was a very good victory for the Eagles. Yeah. They've captured lightning in a bottle with this run game because for five of the last six games, they've ran for over 200 yards and the split yesterday, Sanders, Horts and Howard, Heckley went for 200. It continues to work. It's like a, a remodel of, for people who watch college football, the Oklahoma offense, it's like a carbon copy with run, run first, and then obviously allow the quarterback then to get outside the pocket. I felt the Saints would play better on defense because they're the number one rush running defense in the league, and it didn't materialize yesterday. And um, yeah, they're going in the right direction. And um, I'm still not convinced by Hurts because every time you see his stats on the game, I know ultimately it's a team game. If they win, they win. But I, I find it hard to believe that when they get to a situation where they're down by a score or down by two scores and they have to rally back. That they can continue to run that play that offense because ultimately it will come down to a quarterback having to make big plays and long term i don't think he can do that but look they continue to prove me wrong it's a big win i was a bit disappointed with saints i think what we're finding with the saints now is it's a situation where ultimately kamara being out is starting to really bear fruit because he's such a unique player and simeon obviously isn't you know he's had that great day in the sun against the bucks but ultimately he's not a good quarterback and you know, once he might play, make a good play here and there, like that touchdown he threw yesterday. The, the, the mm. tight end Trouton was very good, but in reality, he's just not good enough. And the, I think it's strange to say this, but Taysom Hill not being there. And I know you've last week kind of pointed out, Michael, that you're not, you don't get the whole Taysom Hill experience, but he gives them something else in the offense. He gives them a balance. He allows them to bring him in. And once he's continuously injured, it doesn't allow them to put any balance on teams ultimately or scheme against a quarterback that's average at best in the league. Yeah, Jalen Hurts through 11 weeks has got 2,924 total yards, 22 touchdowns, six turnover. He's got a $3.6 million contract with two years remaining on it. Um, if that was me and I was in Vegas, I'd go all in for the crack. Yeah, um, AOB. I'm going to say. Sorry, oh, sorry oh, I just wanted to touch on Mark's point before he left because, in fairness, it was a fair point he's called out. Six games remaining. To, yes. uh, they're, they're away to the Giants next week. They're away to the Jets the following week. So it's New York, New York, New York, Frank Sinatra style. Um, then they're going to go to Washington, which is a train journey. It's a train journey to New York, and they've got three home games. So they don't have to travel on a plane again for the remainder of the season, which come week 14 and 15 when you're scrambling for wildcard plays, and imagine the freshness of your players will be held by only having to jump on a train as, as opposed to jumping on a plane for three or four hours across the country. So they're well within... They're well within the uh, the is race. That's some schedule. My God, that is. Well, look, you got to win those games, you know. I'm sure. Oh, of course. Of course. And like, 
Yeah. Like Washington have won a few games in a row. They'll probably think they can knock off the Eagles. So it's, you know, everybody has a reason why the team will beat. It's just funny how it's came in there, and it's all like the last four games are uh, division games, which is yeah. weird. But look, it, it'll be for for a neutral. It, it'll be interesting to watch, yeah. and uh, wouldn't mind seeing Jalen Hurts on my team. Okay, AOB. I, I'm going to focus on the Seahawks Cardinals game before we get our picks from under the football. I think it's over. I think it's over for for Russell Wilson in Seattle. I don't think it's over for your for, for your man that we're going to get in LinkedIn, Colin Pete Carl, but. Uh, how that Cardinals team with him with Colt McCoy? I mean, Colt McCoy yesterday, boy, he's turned it on. He made he looked like uh, he looked like an MVP candidate against that Seattle Seahawks team yesterday. Like, so I like look how Arizona. Like, when was the last time Kyler Murray played for for, for this Cardinals team? Three, three weeks ago, when he played against the Packers in the Thursday night game. Thursday night game, and then that like they have the bye week next week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's basically had a month off. They've got, they've won how many games? Nine. Is Kingsley not coach of the year right now? Surely he has to be coach of the year. I mean, has to be. Like, that is unbelievable. But I'm starting to think, Colin, the Cardinals are reminding me of teams that have done all this for the first 10 or 11 or 12 weeks, and they've won a load of games. And then when it really comes to when it matters, I to get the wee week off in January, and then good luck. I'm something's just screaming out to me about this cardinals team and that that's what it is i don't want well, to say they're gonna be one and done but i, I don't well, know look, let's let's see how the the rest of the season goes but yeah i mean they're they're right yesterday they yesterday they played a seahawks team that are a mess right and the fact that pete carroll walked out of that press conference tells you all you need to know pete carroll hasn't done that in uh in seattle and he's, he's there a long time and he hasn't done that but he did it yesterday yes he came back but the fact that he did it um i i think michael you're saying that it's russell wilson's last things are not well and he admitted that he he admitted uh, pete admitted he had no answers last year they went from one of the worst defenses historically um, to fantastic in the second half of the season. They haven't been able to do that this time around. They're not scoring points. They're, we know, obviously, that Wilson is uh, unhappy, but in terms of the draft picks, they haven't worked out. Uh, in terms of what they gave up uh, for the, the safety they brought in, it means that their draft uh, picks are, are going to be limited again going forward. So... Yeah, all all is definitely not well in Seattle. I think for the the Cardinals, it'll be about getting Murray back and how fit Murray is. But they've got Murray and Dehop to to come back, so that will definitely be a shot in the the arm. The fact again they have a late bye will certainly help. And obviously they have a really tough division to finish out in. So we'll have a I think we'll have a reasonable idea about this Cardinals team and where they are um, by the time the the season ends. No, I think he's summed that game up. I mean, Wilson doesn't look like he's fully recovered from the injury, and if like they're probably under pressure to get him back in. It was a, it was a, you know, catch twenty two situation. Do we continue with Gino and just accept our season is over, or do we try to make one final push and bring in Russell Wilson? And it hasn't worked. I I felt yesterday they would would have won that game with with uh, Murray out. I felt we have a week on from Wilson playing so poorly in in Green Bay that he would have been back better home game. Knowing that the season pretty much is at stake. I mean, they're three and seven. Now. When have we ever seen 
Seattle trade seven. So be interesting to see. But look, it's a long time before we get to the off season. Let's not be wishing this season away. I think the the other talking point really from yesterday um, is Baker Mayfield because these his comments today he didn't do the the press he was booed going off the field he doesn't do the press conference and then he comes out today and he has a go at the fans Oof. um they they may have got the the win they're sitting at six and five but you you'd have to say that things are not rosy in Cleveland right now and we have lots of Browns fans in in Ireland in the UK and you know they're they're a very very passionate uh, fan base. They're a long suffering fan base, but surely they would have to recognize that things are not right with Baker Mayfield. He was on like you know what fifteen for twenty nine yesterday with two interceptions. They you, you would have to have concerns if you're the the Browns you know for the the rest of the the season because he he looks beat up. He's obviously beat up physically. He, he looks obviously somewhat dejected. Can he channel that into um, performances? It, it's a it's a big, big ask. Yeah, I've got a bet on this game, actually. Didn't think this one would be any other business, but yeah, it is. And um, I got a text from a Browns fan today who I know well, and he says, Brian, you're right. Mayfield is a busted flush. He's not good enough. And I said, well, he's playing injured. I said, but answer, answer me this. I said, what do they think of Case Keenan within the Browns organization that they're allowing a quarterback to continue to play injured and severely injured to point out that they don't think that Case Keenan could come in in that particular game? I mean, he did it against Denver on that Thursday night. Surely they should be saying, if Mayfield is to stand any chance of performing this season, we need to keep him out games like this. Um, and then he says, well, he wants to build up his confidence. His confidence is at an all-time low now, so that we're going to give him an opportunity yesterday. Not for me. His wife though today has come out on social media and has skated the Browns fans. Uh, Emily Mayfield saying he's he's a, he's injured, but he's a he's a tough man because he's playing injured. Yeah, but he's earned the money, so you know me heart bleeds for it. Um, and then on the other side, this Detroit Lions team for weeks on end, people are saying, "Oh, Dan Campbell, the, the dude is a great head coach, and he's getting to chewed out his players, but they continue to lose." Um, I was critical of him a few weeks ago, going for that two point against the Vikings. So I felt he should accept it overtime and trying to win it. And they lost and everything lost by that winning field goal. But yesterday, with two thirty left on fourth and nine, he, he punts, thinking he's going to get the ball back. Inevitably he didn't get the ball back. It was third and fourteen. They ran a they ran a run play and they got five yards. So left fourth and nine. I thought on the third down, he's running he's calling the run play because ultimately he wants to make it a fourth and manageable to allow a quarterback to only two for 77 yards in the game an opportunity to make five or six yards he doesn't even do that he then accepts a punt i mean the general manager must be saying we've not won a game this season why are we why are we punting surely we should be taking a chance to try and get ourselves over the line and win a game it's, if you're playing madden i don't play madden i'm old but like sure even a kid playing madden knows on fourth and nine with two minutes to go you're going for it as opposed to punting for a team that has a running back called Nick Chubb has just ran on them for 139 yards in the game. He didn't get the ball back because at least Chubb did his business yesterday. Hand the ball off, three fourths down, game over. 
Yeah, that's very true, Brian. In fair, I mean, that's why we talk about at at that point. Once you get into the fourth quarter, or, or even potentially towards the end of the first half, everyone talks about this is four down territory. Everyone talks about Absolutely. it, and no matter how long it is, you know, what if it, if it could be, it could be fourth and a mile. But at that stage, you're going to try and go for it. Um, I yeah. think that's a very very fair point. I'm intrigued to see how the whole Baker Baker Mayfield situation is going to turn out. They've got the Steelers on the Bengals last two games of the season looking ahead of that already big win for the Bengals last night in vegas well done to the Bengals. yeah well done to da Bengals. did we miss anybody else out because we need to get on with this we game. did we did we missed the the washington football team who had a very mm. good win and in fairness to the washington football team i've been critical of them but since the bye um, they have been very good. I thought, uh, you know, what was interesting was um, there was comments that uh, the, the the Washington football uh, team players were inspired by the uh, by Cam Newton's antics and that going off the field, they were saying to one another, I thought he said he was back. So, you know, if you are going to put yourself out there and if you're going to make comments, know that you've put a target on your back and that people are going to come gunning for you and that you uh you've got to you know make make it happen so i i would say for the washington football team that was a, a big win and i imagine uh riverboat ron is pretty happy today comment from uh stephen griffin is this the gm shuffle or the irish nfl show wink thank you Stephen. <laughs> okay um... I don't know. I don't get that one. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Um, point point on the cam situation. Said it on Saturday. It's the cam show. But the reality is, he hasn't played well as a quarterback for the Bones of eighteen months. He scores that touchdown yesterday, and he runs to the halfway line, and puts the ball down. I mean, it's all about, it's all about cam. Anyway, they lost the game. The other team we didn't touch on was the Dolphins. Um, wasn't a great game. They did enough to achieve a great touchdown. Um, keeps them set. Keeps the show on the road. Irish Panthers, Heineke was great. Uh, just very quickly, um, we're, we're, we're going to get our picks now. I know they lost, but whenever Cam ran into the centre and went, even I was like, oh my God, for a split second, he's back. Didn't end well though. Right, Bucks, Giants. So, well, sorry, just before we do that. Matchbook, 15 pound, 15 euro, welcome offer, money back uh, as cash if your first bet loses. Code Irish NFL Show. Don't take our tips. Because we can't tip for anything at the minute. We can't. And it is what it is. Uh, okay. Column. Bucks, six and three. The New York Giants, three and six. Who have you got? Games in Tampa Bay. I know Cameron said he doesn't have any concerns about this Bucks team, but I do. I, you know, I, I think that the... Uh, I, I see time beginning, beginning to catch up with Tom Brady. And Alex Guerrero can work all his wonders and he can hand in COVID certs for Antonio Brown. Um, but Father Time wins ultimately. That doesn't mean that it's the, it's this season. Um, you know, so I, I I still think they will be there or, or thereabouts. But I do... Um, I definitely have some concerns. The fact that they can be run on more so than than last season is a concern. And yeah, Vita Vega came back from an injury last year, but to have another injury, like you know, they begin to take their toll um, 
I, I think the Giants will play them tough. The Giants could have won this last year outside of an outrageous call at the end. But I, I think coming off the the back-to-back defeats, I think that the Bucks will just about have enough. But I don't expect the, the Bucks to be able to um, put any sort of beat down on the, the Giants. I expect the Giants to, to play hard. I expect the, the Bucks to, to have to earn it. So I'm going to go um, with the, the Bucks. But I do think they need to get healthy and they need to get healthy quick. Um, I don't expect us to win. I think we put up a very strong performance defensively over the past month. I mean, I was saying it on the show throughout the weeks how, how much improved they've been. And they weren't getting kind of the kudos they deserved, and they kind of did that against the Raiders. And then people kind of stood up because the Raiders' offense, whilst it's struggled in the past few weeks, at that stage of the season, had been explosive enough. Um, I'm intrigued to see how how the offense plays. Um, you know, we touched on it earlier on the show with Cameron around the fact that this is probably the first time that Daniel Jones has all has had all these players at his disposal, and we were all bought into the the off season conversations and storylines that. When he gets all these players, he'll turn into be the quarterback that the Giants believe he will be. So it'll be interesting to see going up against it. What I thought was going to be an exposed secondary, but it looks like Sean Murphy Bunting is going to play tonight, which is a huge help for them because he's coming off that injury that he got in week one against the Cowboys. Look, Brady hasn't won a game for 30 days now between bye weeks and defeats. I imagine he's eager to get out there and... All week, I would have felt that we'd have a good chance, but with Grant coming back, and who knows if he's fully fit, he's a security blanket that they need to move the ball up and down the field. So I think it'll be a lot tighter than, as Colin said, I think it'll be tighter than what people expect. But I think the Bucks will find a way to get the, get the win. Mark is going with... Drumroll. The Bucks. And it's going to be a full house, gentlemen. I, I just can't see how Tom Brady won't get a win tonight. The thing that intrigues me is how will he get the win? Will he get the win on the run? Will he get the win with a pass? I don't see Mike Evans having a big game, and I think James Bradbury will will cover him. Uh, I think that I like the Giants' defense. I do. Look at me talking good about the Giants. I'm going to watch out for Tyler Johnson's now. If you have him in fantasy, if you want to pick him up, Tyler Johnson, Giovanni Bernard, Cameron Brait, Giants ten, Buccaneers twenty four. Final. Uh, and yeah, Bucks are gonna go seven and three. That's my pick for tonight. That's it. Yeah. I One, hope we have, I, I hope we have a similar scenario to uh, last Monday where we all picked the same team in order to make up this week. Well, I want to make I'll be it, fun. Tell you what, could, everybody could go like this and we'll take a photo. <laughs> okay, great. Um, we'll, 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 we'll put that on tonight for a laugh as well. Um, just one final point before we go because our friend D. Orlando has just tweeted that the Falcons are uh, without a touchdown on their last 26 possessions that was supposed to be a very explosive offense yeah? can you ask Brian Hertz or Jones to finish off the show Brian Hertz or Jones I'll talk to you on Wednesday during our uh, Thanksgiving show no comments no comments. Um, Thanksgiving special, 9 p.m. Ireland, UK, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday. Hope you can join us. That's on Wednesday. The game started at 5.30 on Thursday. I'm getting straight out of work on Thursday. NFL Network is on at 3 p.m. on Thursday. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a crack. We have five guests, Super Bowl winners, 
the work's coming on. I can't announce the guests until the final recording uh, tomorrow, but they'll be out soon. It's going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. And get your turkeys in. Brian's giving free turkey out in Donamid. Uh, find them and you get a free donut also. And we'll see you boys. You ran them at my door now, you know. <laughs> I don't know where you live, but I guess <laughs> if anybody wants, or actually just very quickly, sorry, just a shout out, the Wool Shed reached out to us. Uh, if you're going to the Wool Shed, they have a Thanksgiving dinner on in our day, well, our friends over at the Wool Shed. We'll try and tweet that out overnight and get some information on. Uh, and if anything you care watching, we hope we, we look forward to it. I am going to the Wool Shed. I am going to the Wool Shed. You're going to the Wool Shed. Brian, Wool Shed Brian is a great be. spot on Thanksgiving. Brian will be signing autographs after <laughs> the big Giants win tonight, and uh, looking forward to agreements. Colin, enjoy Denver, and we'll uh, we'll see you. See, I guess see you for the week for the weekend live show. We're back on Wednesday, big live show. See you then, boys. Cheers. Thank you. Good luck. Keep her lit. <laughs>